You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. Down syndrome is a genetic condition where a child is born with an extra copy of the 21st chromosome. And although genetic testing is available to provide detection during birth, for many moms, like Dr. Nicole Stecken, a surprise diagnosis is also possible. And since giving birth to Josie, she has become both an advocate and a guide for other parents with children with Down syndrome. Take a listen. In addition to being a pediatrician, I'm actually a mom of four. Um, I welcomed my newest daughter, Josie, back in December of 2019, and Josie brought with her a surprise Down syndrome diagnosis at birth. And so as a pediatrician, obviously I care for a vast variety of patients, some of those who have Down syndrome, but now becoming a mom to a child with Down syndrome um, myself, I have kind of become even more interested in this diagnosis, as well as treating and advocating um, children who have uh, a diagnosis of Down syndrome. So what exactly is Down syndrome and how common is it? So first of all, I just want to share that there is absolutely nothing down about Down syndrome. Um, The name for this syndrome actually comes from the doctor, Dr. John Langdon Down, who first described this genetic condition in 1862. Down syndrome is actually the most common genetic disorder. And very simply put, it is an extra chromosome. So individuals with Down syndrome um, have an extra 21st chromosome. This is not a disease. The individual with Down syndrome does not suffer from anything. It's simply part of who they are, not what they are. Within Down syndrome, there's actually three different types. There is trisomy 21, which is three copies of the 21st chromosome, which accounts for 95% of the diagnosis. Um, there is something called translocation, where part of an part of or an extra copy of the 21st chromosome attaches to another chromosome. And then there is the least copy, which is mosaic Down syndrome, which is where some of the cells have three copies of the 21st chromosome and some of them have the normal two copies. Being the very most common genetic condition affecting the human population, there are on average one in 700 babies born with Down syndrome, which in the United States is over 6,000 babies every single year. There is absolutely nothing a mom or dad does to cause Down syndrome. The only known risk factor for this diagnosis is a maternal age over the age of 35, But with that being said, 80% of births happens to moms under the age of 35. Now, Dr. Stuckin, you mentioned that your daughter was a surprise delivery diagnosis. Is there a typical timeframe for diagnosis? Are are there tests available during pregnancy? So there is, but to be honest, the timing of diagnosis and which tests are completed leading to that diagnosis is highly variable. Um, So with with pregnancies, and I'm just going to put the caveat out, I'm not an OB, but um, with screening, so there are the option to do screening genetic testing in the first trimester of pregnancy. Um, These often include maternal blood tests um, that look for various substances coupled with an ultrasound that looks at the fluid level behind a baby's neck. Extra fluid may indicate a genetic problem. There is a much newer, more common test that is usually done around 12, or excuse me, 10 weeks of gestation, 
um, called non-invasive prenatal screening or testing, which collects maternal blood and looks at free cell DNA that assesses for chromosomal abnormalities. If there is a positive screening test, parents are then offered more of a diagnostic test in order to confirm a diagnosis. These are more invasive testing um, that involves collecting fluid or cells either from the placenta, meaning chorionic villus sampling, or from the amniotic fluid, which is the fluid that surrounds a develop, uh, developing fetus through an amniocentesis. That being said, some moms decline that testing early on in pregnancy. At 20 weeks, every expecting mother gets a 20-week anatomical scan or ultrasound looking at the developing baby. Sometimes if there are certain features or um, concerns on that ultrasound, they will go on then to see a maternal fetal specialist who may recommend that diagnostic testing at that point in time. If you're super lucky like me, we had a normal healthy pregnancy, a normal healthy 20-week ultrasound. We had a full-term baby that after she arrived, we recognized some certain features that are unique to individuals with Down syndrome. And she ended up having a karyotype or a blood test after birth that assessed her chromosomes, thus confirming a diagnosis of trisomy 21 when she was about one week of age. With Down syndrome, um, there are common features that can be seen in individuals with this diagnosis. That being said, again, it is highly variable and individuals with Down syndrome will still look more like the members of their family than not. Some common features of individuals with Down syndrome include usually physical features. Um, one of the most common is al almond-shaped eyes. There are brush-filled spots, which we like to kind of call the little white spots around their eyes that give them that extra sparkle. A lot of individuals with Down syndrome will have kind of a flattened facial profile with a little bit of a sunken in kind of bridge of their nose. We can commonly see small ears. Sometimes there is a shortened or widened neck. Um, many individuals with Down syndrome, especially in the younger years, will have a prominent or protruding tongue. This, contrary to popular belief, is not necessarily due to enlargement of the tongue, but rather weak muscles in the mouth to keep that tongue contained. Other features in individuals with Down syndrome that can be seen are small hands or feet. If you look at the palms of your hands, sometimes we can see just a single palmar crease. Um, there is shortened stature. So you walked us through the physical features, but what about the medical conditions? Are there any that are more pre prevalent excuse me, in children with Down syndrome that you think parents or guardians should be aware of? So there is a vast array of medical conditions that can present in uh, individuals with Down syndrome. Um, but again, they're each individual and there is a highly variable rate on which features are present and which diagnoses are present. One of the universal features that's present in almost every individual with Down syndrome, though, is muscle hypotonia. Um, this is not the same as muscle weakness. Believe it or not, individuals with Down syndrome can very, be very strong, but basically the muscle is too relaxed um, in kind of its resting state. This often contributes to many of the medical diagnoses that are seen and can contribute to the uh, common gross and fine motor developmental delays, as well as feeding difficulties that infants um, encounter early in life. 
up to 50% of individuals with Down syndrome will actually have a heart defect. My daughter, Josie, again, kept her secret very well. And despite her normal 20-week ultrasound, ended up having an AV canal or a major hole affecting both all parts of her heart um, that she had repaired around four months of age. In addition to heart defects, hearing loss is very common. Individuals with Down syndrome, because of their anatomy, have chronic middle ear fluid and recurrent ear infections that can then affect their hearing. We can see common eye diseases and refractory errors. Individuals with Down syndrome frequently need glasses. Again, not all, but some. With the um, low muscle tone, um, we can see obstructive sleep apnea. And so individuals with Down syndrome can be at risk during their sleep of having obstruction of their neck due to, or excuse me, their neck and throat muscles due to those floppy muscles causing an issue. Individuals with Down syndrome often have very loose or lax joints, so they become across as very hyperflexible. We see a high risk of thyroid disease, as well as autoimmune conditions such as celiac disease. Unfortunately, individuals with Down syndrome at higher risk of blood conditions such as leukemia. And then oftentimes in individuals, we see intellectual disability, although this can run a gamut of a spectrum from mild to moderate to severe. Of note, I find it very interesting in that children and individuals with Down syndrome often have speech delays, which people like to contribute to their intellectual delay. But newer studies are showing that it's actually independent and the speech delays are, are more likely secondary to delayed motor planning rather than their actual intellectual functioning. Um, but again, each individual is different and there are some individuals that have no concurrent medical diagnoses and there are some that suffer from multiple. Um, there is not necessarily a range of Down syndrome. You either have it or you don't. There is no mild, moderate, severe. How you fall in there is definitely unique to each one or each different patient. Dr. Stoken, what suggestions can you offer parents and guardians in preparation for monitoring their child for those potential conditions? So as a parent, you are by far the biggest advocate for your child. And I encourage each and every one of you to educate yourself and your child and their diagnosis the best that you can. That being said, my job as a pediatrician and the job of my partners who take care of your child um, is to stay up, and up to date on the medical recommendations for the health of all children, including those with Down syndrome. Due to some of the unique medical needs that children with Down syndrome have, the American Academy of Pediatrics actually has a specific guideline for health screening that we follow for every visit from birth up until adulthood. With, within that guideline, again, there are certain recommendations that come at each, each different age. One of the first things a new or expecting parent of a child with Down syndrome can uh, anticipate is that their baby will get an echocardiogram or ultrasound of their heart shortly after birth. All babies with Down syndrome are recommended to have a hearing and eye exam by six months of age. Um, routine blood monitoring for thyroid disease and blood diseases occur at specified intervals. And then it's really important, I think, to realize that over time, the life expectancy of individuals with Down syndrome has increased rapidly. Currently, the life expectancy is 60 years. Back in 1983, it was only 25. And so as we see these individuals thriving in terms of health, 
um, we are going to have to be prepared to adjust and offer additional health screenings and then also work to transition ongoing cares to the, our adult counterparts as they age out of the pediatric practices. I know as a parent, it can seem like a lot to think my child has their doctor's appointments and they have ear appointments, eye appointments, um, but I promise it really becomes simplified and your primary care provider will help guide you along the way. In addition, because each individual is unique, it is likely that at some point early intervention services as well as different therapies such as physical therapy, occupational or feeding therapy will be offered. But because each child is unique and different in their manifestations, those might occur at varying ages or there might be needs for certain therapies and not for others. As Josie's mom, not Dr. Stuckin, where have you found help with questions that you've had over the past year? So I have to say we entered the Down syndrome community completely unexpectedly, and it really is the most amazing and supportive community, both locally but online. Social media has so many crazy support groups and resources that are available at the click of a button anytime, any day, any night. It's truly amazing and heartwarming. Um, locally, we do have Gigi's Playhouse, which is a Down Syndrome Achievement Center. It is an amazing local resources, a resource to families. Um, unfortunately, COVID has limited the abilities to interact within the facility, but they do many outreach events, many online um, get-togethers. They offer free therapies, free counseling, free tutoring. It's a really great local resource. In addition, going back to some of the online supports, one of the major um, support groups that I'm part of is the Down Syndrome Diagnosis Network. This is an international online community that, believe it or not, was established by a local, local mom in Granger, Iowa. This group kind of breaks down um, families of children with Down Syndrome based on age. So we have birth groups, um, but then there's groups for different medical conditions. And so there's a heart group, a thyroid group, anything you can think of. And then there's also a dad's support group. I think as moms, we do a great job advocating and supporting each other and our children. And unfortunately, I think dads sometimes get left by the wayside, but the DSCN does have an amazing support group for dads that they can connect with other dads of children with Down syndrome. In addition, there's the National Down Syndrome Congress, there's the National Down Syndrome Society, there are some amazing nonprofit groups online. There are Jack's Baskets and Brittany's Baskets. There's Love That Surpasses. There's Ruby's Rainbow, which is super amazing. They give scholarships to individuals with Down syndrome to go to college because yes, your child can go to college. Your child can become an active member of society. They can fall in love. They can do anything that they wanna do. Um, there's great books on Amazon. And then there's other moms like myself that want to connect with families and are here to offer support guidance experiences. Um, yes, I'm a mom. Yes, I'm a pediatrician. I can do both and I can offer that support, but I can also connect you with other people can, that can offer that support. Um, one of the things I like to encourage, if you are a family or you're a family that knows a, a individual who recently got a new diagnosis, um, and maybe it's not Down syndrome, but maybe it's another unexpected diagnosis, whether it's during pregnancy or following birth, there is an amazing poem called Welcome to Holland, written by Emily Pearl Kingsley, that really helps to put things in perspective. Dr. Stoken, one final question. What hopes 
do you have for others to understand about individuals with Down syndrome? So my hopes are not just for children with Down syndrome. Obviously that's near and dear to my heart with my daughter, Josie. But I hope as individuals, we look at people as a whole and view them as people first. And so, yes, Josie has Down syndrome, but Josie is not Down syndrome. Um, there are children with all types of different um, diagnoses, different strengths, different weaknesses. And we need to look at them all as an individual, as who they are, not what they are. I hope as a society that we can teach each other as well as our children and our future generations to be inclusive. These children are children, they're individuals, they're members of our community and they wanna belong. And so yes, they might have some difficult, different physical features. Yes, they might learn or move a little bit differently, but they are still individuals and they wanna be part of our community and they wanna be part of groups and experiences. Um, we are all unique and different, um, whether we are typically developing or delayed in our developing, and we need to celebrate each of those different differences. Thank you so much. Well, before we head out, I'm going to thank you, Dr. Stokin, for a second, one last time for joining us to talk about such an important topic and sharing your personal journey with us. Send feedback to this episode through the submission form on our website. That's mercyone.org slash podcast, where you can also find all of our episodes. You can also send us an email to podcast at mercyhealth.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Until then, live your best life.